GM friends, and welcome to the Metacast Crypto Corner brought to you by Navic. I'm your host, Nicolas Vreke, or Nico for short, and today I'm joined by John and Karel from the Treasure slash Magic team, who are currently busy building the Treasure Verse. Treasure DAO is described as building the building blocks of a universe of game worlds connected by composable NFTs and the Magic token. And so, as a little bit of context around this, um, as many of you know, I'm a big fan of loot. And so, a few weeks after loot was dropped, um, I saw this 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 thing, this project called Treasure, um, that asked me to stake some loot NFTs and some adventure gold. And I was like, yeah, why not? Um, didn't look at it um, for a while, and then um, you know, a few months later, um, it seemed that I'm that I was holding tokens of a project that people are calling a decentralized Nintendo, consisting of the console, um, play-to-earn games, games from other developers, and a launchpad for these games, and then also a marketplace where you can trade assets um, as NFTs. Um, and so Magic is a currency that ties everything within this treasure verse together. All games being built utilize, utilize Magic and the NFTs can only be bought with Magic. Um, and it also looked like Treasure has a very dedicated community because I had people email me to talk about Treasure and to get you guys on. Um, so here we go. Due to popular demand, let's talk about what you guys are doing. Um, John or Karel, can someone give me a like a very high level view of um, you know what Treasure is doing? And I'm also interested to to get like the origin story, like where this, did this idea originate? Um, you know, what sparked the idea of building a decentralized Nintendo? Um, and what is a decentralized Nintendo? Love to learn more. Yeah, so like you, I was, um, or I am a really big fan of loot. I hadn't seen anything like it before in the space and was really inspiring for me. And there are a lot of people making derivatives um, when loot first came out. And my thinking was we should try and do it with resources. So instead of distributing adventure gear, um, I'm from a decentralized finance background, um, and a lot of the teammates are. Um, so we thought we'll just do the same formula where we create these mechanisms that don't have a context. So economic building blocks devoid of a game to see if a larger game universe could be built. Then with magic, magic, as you mentioned, we allowed people from multiple communities to farm it with the idea being if loot can create a video game in a bottom-up way, building it, then we can create um, a network of metaverses or something like a video game console with, using a token um, in, in the same formula. So the way it works is we're trying to build an economic layer to a network of metaverses rather than a VR, AR, particular metaverse. So we develop these um, economies that... Um, mostly are just bridges between worlds. So resources that they fight over, they share emissions of, and using this um, joint economic structure, the idea is that we can build a cradle that um, a lot of games can be built on top of. And over time, what ends up happening is the magic token, which is distributed across many worlds and used to support builders on a variety of platforms. Um, the DAO can just continue um, diverting emissions towards the most successful products or new ones that it wants to bootstrap. Um, and it turns into this sort of nimble organization that uses the magic token, which is a fantasy resource that's emitted into these metaverses, um, as a way to sort of guide organizational priorities and just um, lead to further growth of the DAO. 
how should I think about this? Is this like one big MMO or how do you describe this in terms that, you know, your traditional gamer would understand? Exactly. Right. So for us, the very important piece is the decentralized metaverse. So we think the metaverse isn't necessarily, or it isn't a product that a corporation makes and then you buy for a specific price and then they do the maintenance of it. Mm -hmm. A metaverse in our mind is a community made story that has um, an underlying economic framework as opposed to a visual one. So these are stories that people build through, you know, lore, um, like uh, plots, um, game loops, things like that. And over time, um, the community can shift and the, the metaverse can, can actually shift. And so the boundaries between these places, these worlds is very thin. Uh, you know, they can bridge extremely easily because they're just stories that are being constructed. Um, and uh, we think that this decentralization is what separates us from other metaverses because we can create um, an underlying framework where all of the games, and not just games, but like land NFTs, characters, all of the ideas can just sit on this larger, um, not map, but um, framework. Mm. And um, yeah, we think that's what makes us unique. Okay, so Treasure is a um, framework with a bunch of primitives, an economic layer that can then be used as a foundation for games to be built on top of. Does exactly. Okay. Right. So magic is the central token. Mm -hmm. We think of it as like the money or store of value across these worlds because um, as more worlds get added to our larger network of metaverses, it becomes increasingly scarce and the emission curve is also designed. So it becomes um, more hard to accumulate over time. Um, but the, uh, there's also other resources called treasures and these are just, um, these can be native to a particular metaverse or they can kind of share emissions of specific kinds across worlds. Um, and through those, that's how, um, these worlds establish relationships is through commerce. Hmm. That's fascinating. And so you would call magic um, what other MMOs would call gold, right? It is just this one currency that is used everywhere as this main way to transfer value. Exactly. Yeah. But there's no, it's not on a server. There's no company housing yeah. it. It's a decentralized asset governed by a DAO. Okay. And so yeah, if, if I can just, sorry, just sure, quickly sure, jump Brian. in, I, I think one, one analogy and, and, you know, something to, to frame this well is like, you know, treasure and, and magic, like where the magical sort of river weaving between the parts and infusing the ecosystem with magic. And so all of the uh, things that John mentioned, like we're, we're kind of flowing in between worlds, between metaverses, uh, between those stories and, and the lore that's, uh, you know, being created and, you know, f you know, feeling it with the kind of economic model to, to power it. All right. I think I'm, I'm sorry to grasp, grasp um, this more. Um, and so all of that you're building, does that exist? That, that full economic layer, is that fully on the blockchain? Or is there stuff that you are building that is also not on top of the blockchain? No, for now, all of our games. Um, and so Bridge World is like our main game. And mm -hmm. you can kind of think of it as like a tabletop game. It doesn't mm -hmm. have a normal front end. But it's fully on chain. All of the art will be on chain, and reducing new, we're introducing new resources, um, types of assets that'll also be um, on chain. And um, yeah, this our little metaverse is Bridge World, and then Smallverse, which is the Small Brains collection. 
these things all started because we initially were building in the loot universe and was hoping that loot would adopt us as their currency and also for in and a gold. Um, when that didn't happen, we just started uh, making our own and now we're finding other builders to come in and expand on this universe with us. And so you have, like, then you, you've broken off from the loot first. There, there's no, no ties there uh, at this point anymore. Um, we are trying to do something down the road, I think with them, but, um, they chose a gold as their official currency. Mm -hmm. Um, so for right now we're doing separate things. Yeah. Okay. And so is your objective right now, um, on the long run, maximizing the value of, of magic? And is that like the common goal that everyone within the Treasureverse shares? Yeah, exactly. Magic is a thing that powers our organization and all of these worlds. And we've designed it so we have a marketplace that's transacted right now solely in magic. And we take a pretty high um, royalty, 5%, to support the DAO. So what ends up happening is it's this flywheel where the growth of our products leads to, or our worlds, leads to a lot more transactions. And then the DAO is recouping its native token, which we use to um, not invest back in ourselves, but in new builders and new games, stories, whatnot. And with that, um, we're just spreading it out um, to more places. Magic is the thing that connects all of the builders. So our thesis is that in the long term, we'll see these DAOs scaling larger than blockchains. You'll, you'll see them on multiple blockchains. They'll even be in some like resembling Web2 um, enterprises, and they'll grow to be brands. And um, you see NFTs like Azuki um, teasing the idea of maybe becoming a clothing manufacturer. So for us, we see this as a launch pad. Um, NFTs are a way to start developing native Web3 brands and um, products like games. And magic is the thing that enables all of that in the organizational level. Okay. So if I understand this correctly, and, and feel free to tell me that I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm wrong, it seems like you, there are games. These games incentivize the trading of assets in the marketplace on which there is a quite high 5% royalty that the treasure DAO takes, which then is used to incentivize or support other game developers um, to also build games that also incentivize trading. And, and so that's then a loop that just keeps on growing. Right, yeah. And, and not just games too, right? Like um, we're exploring building our own blockchain right now and seeing what that will look like. So that would be a good use case to invest in builders who want to build blockchain around magic. And then later, if um, we continue to be successful, you know, our organization will grow to the point where it's making what people would call real world products. And we want to put magic in the hands of those builders also so that everyone remains aligned to this common goal. And Why if I build just add to that, so we have the 5% um, royalties that are for uh, the projects that we had initially seeded and, and bootstrapped from the ground mm -hmm. up. So Bridgeworld, um, Small Brains, Smallverse, um, all of those are, are kind of following that 5% royalty model. Um, all of the you know, ecosystem projects that have come out of the community, 2.5% um, um, go back to the DAO. Um, the rest of it, you know, whether it's 2.5%, which was the initial model, um, which has since kind of expanded uh, to be you know, freely controlled by the creators, a lot of them starting off as, as freemints, um, you know, go back to, to their projects to really help, uh, you know, fuel their operations and, uh, you know, uh, as, as they grow their um, project as well. Okay. 
So there's a kind of revenue share between the original treasure DAO and then the the builders of the games themselves. You got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's really fascinating. And so before we go into the games, because I'm curious what kind of experience exists right now and where you see this going, um, can you talk to me a few of the economic um, primitives you've built? So as far as I understand right now, there are... Um, there's magic, which is this fungible token that is the, the lifeblood of your ecosystem. You've you've provided a marketplace within the treasure ecosystem as well um, that can be used to, to trade NFTs. You have different types of NFTs. Um, could you tell me a bit more about those and then also more more um, stuff that you've built that you provide to the games that you're you're supporting? Yeah, sure. Um, so we're really young. We're only seven months old, so we're just beginning to explore these things. But treasures themselves are, the different kinds are kind of fungible still at this point because they're mostly just used for crafting. And um, there are some, like our rarest ones called Grin and Honeycomb that people um, put in a special category. But we haven't really seen the differentiation at the level of like treasures utility that we think will happen later. So for now, they're mostly just um, crafting tools. Mm -hmm. And then we've also, a big thing in DeFi is how do you keep liquidity for a token high? And this has been a struggle for a lot of protocols. And we've seen things like Olympus Pro come along to try Mm -hmm. and, um, to try and, you know, create deeper liquidity so that um, there's a phenomenon in DeFi called rug pulling, where someone will um, pull all the liquidity after manipulating the prices and then people just get um, really hurt by this phenomenon. So we want to build. Um, we want to build DeFi with a different skin. So LP tokens, which are used to represent one's proportional ownership of a liquidity pool, you actually get back an NFT through um, Uniswap V3. So we want to build um, these items as in-game assets, fantasy assets that the user has no idea that they're actually contributing to liquidity and participating in these DeFi protocols. So we've started with Balancer Crystals, are actually an LP token. Um, And um, yeah, so it's really early days. These are like the basic things we're exploring right now. And then later, um, we've created these hooks, like um, Bridge World will have a very established economy, so other people can come along. And um, the the way I think it's going to play out is that communities have to agree on what their metaverses are. So when two metaverses collide, there has to sort of be a handshake between communities about um, value, um, what's fungible between these worlds, and things like that. Um, so we're just fleshing out our world as um, yeah, in depth as we can to create ways for other people to collaborate with us. Mm. It is, um, it's impressive what you've been able to build over these past seven months. Um, and and I mean, if, if we have the time, I'd love to go into the differences between you know treasure as an ecosystem and loot as an ecosystem. Um, but before that, I'd like to double click on something you said, which I uh, find very interesting. So you said um, you essentially gamified essential DeFi activities from users. Um, so if I understand you correctly, and I'm gonna just throw it out there, and then you can you know tell me if I'm wrong or if it's correct. Um, an LP pool, an, an liquidity pool, is a way um, to for you know anyone to to purchase um, a token. And so, in your case, you know if you want people to be able to buy the magic token, there has to be a um, Ethereum and magic 
pool that's filled with both ETH and magic. So people can, if they want to buy magic, put ETH in, get some magic back, and then the other way around. Um, and so you give people NFTs if they provide liquidity to that pool. And then these NFTs have liquid like a uh, uh, um, utility within the game so they can use it to play and then but that would also mean that at some point you could redeem your nft and get back to your your liquidity is that how it works right exactly so liquidity pool is if we want to have decentralized market makers someone has to come forward and put um in the case of uniswap it's equal amounts in terms of um value they have mm -hmm. to put equal amounts of two assets forward to say I will make the trades here, buys and sells. I will make the buy and sell orders with my liquidity. So it's really important to have deep liquidity, especially for the native token. So when you add liquidity to Uniswap V3, you get back this NFT. And the reason there are NFTs in Uniswap is that everyone has separate um, parameters. So you mm -hmm. choose the point at which you're no longer going to make the market. So if Magic has had some horrible exploit and then it's going to zero, you know, you've already got this. Um, parameterized where mm -hmm. you're no longer going to provide um, liquidity if magic uh, drops below a certain price. So, so, so uh, LP positions are actually NFTs um, technically. And mm -hmm. so what we did is we just put a skin on it where users are actually, as you were saying, yeah, they're passing back and forth LP tokens. Uh, they're actually passing back the protocol's liquidity in the form of these game assets that have utility. And the really neat thing in my mind about um, using normal DeFi constructs and putting them in GameFi is that GameFi has much more stickiness than um, a DeFi protocol. Because what we saw in DeFi Summer is that someone else is just going to come along and fork your protocol and the token, and there's nothing really anchoring um, a person to a protocol. Um, but we see loyalty when things like brands, entertainment, gaming come along. And mm -hmm. GameFi allows us to use our imagination to invent all kinds of interesting things that people want to own and collect and participate in. So the search in DeFi Summer was how do we create a reward um, big enough so that these protocols can have stickiness? And they weren't um, really able to do it. But in GameFi, we can because we create experiences that people want to continue participating in. As part of that, we will require them to contribute to the health of the protocol like by providing liquidity. Okay, two, two reactions to what you said. One is, um, you mentioned, you wanted to give an example of when um, the um, the relation between ETH and Magic gets out of whack because of an, of an event, and you had the perfect chance to just say, once this podcast comes out and everyone realizes how amazing Magic is and the price triples. Um, but I'll, I'll let that slide for now. Um, and then my second point was that I have been ranting quite a lot about people using the word GameFi around blockchain games. Uh, but in this case, it actually makes a lot of sense. So um, I, I, I appreciate this um, and, and your Thanks. use of that. And it's, it's, it's very, very apt in this situation. And actually, honestly, like this makes a lot of sense. And uh, I really like that. And I think um, that's, uh, from what I understand now, something we should see way more uh, moving forward. Thanks. Yeah, we're really excited about this. Right now, it's still very academic because we haven't had a really ch had a chance to really build out um, the full economy. But you know, we have a we have a PhD, uh, you know, uh, economist with a PhD on staff, and we also consult with others like uh, business professors. And we we really think that like a year in, when this is like really well built out, it won't be as theoretical, and, and it'll just 
it'll be just like the the best way for a builder to want to participate um, in game five or w- whatever term you would prefer besides that one. Like um, mm-hmm. there are, there are inherent advantages to being part of a network of builders. Um, they can help bootstrap your community because we can just divert users towards new products, either by like allowing their art, their items to be farmed in world. You can even farm whitelist spots. And then we can also just, um, you know, the more unsavory parts of, you know, building a game, which is sometimes your game fails. Mm-hmm. And um, in NFTs, it's like very hard to know when to walk away from a project. People have bought into it. And there's this expectation sometimes that you continue working on it forever. And the value of the network is that um, failed games can just be incorporated into the war in some way. And we can um, transition them out in a way that's um, the least destructive to the community and the builders. Um, so we think that over time, this model will just bring in lots of people who want to um, build with others. That um, makes a ton of sense. Could you uh, tell me about the games? Because we're in this podcast focused on gaming and a lot of people listening will be are very critical of the current generation of blockchain games. I'm curious, you know, I'm assuming, well, as you said, you've been building for seven months, right? So we don't expect, you know, GTA V in, on, on Treasure. Um, but I'd love to know, like, the, the current generation of games. You've, you've built a few, I saw. Um, can you give some examples about what the dynamics are, how they tie into the economic layer that you've built with tre- Treasure? Um, and I'd also love to, to get your vision on, on where you see this going, like, in, in, a, in, a, in a, the best-case scenario almost. Yeah, for sure. Um, I can let Corel speak to bridge world i was just going to mention really fast like um you know we built a lot in seven months so we built um, a marketplace on arbitrum and we were mostly focused on infrastructure because when we moved to l2 um, we had the belief that eventually most all games and nft trading will be happening on l2 because it'll just be prohibitively expensive on l1 so when we went to arbitrum there was no infrastructure we had there wasn't even an nft viewer for 1155s um, so we built the marketplace, and we've done. On uh, some days, we were doing 10% of OpenSea's volume with just two collections, and um, you know, Small Brains did hundreds of million in volume, I believe, and the same for our Legion's collection. Um, and yeah, those are those were our big accomplishments in the first seven months. But I'll let Corel actually speak to the the games. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, so, and I think it's it's important to to stress that you know while we've been building for for seven months, you know I think the you know we we've been able to mobilize a community to build in parallel with us. Um, so you know we we have the core games that you know again sort of seeded the initial thesis of you know the decentralized video game console and the initial cartridges, if if you will. Um, you know, but uh, that said, you know we've since spawned uh, you know a number of other uh, games and, and cartridges to. Um, built, which you know have have all come from from the community. Um, so I mean, we've we've touched on it a little bit, but you know, I think uh, going back to Bridge World, you know, if Treasure DAO incubates games and, and supercharges their growth with magic and, and resources, then Tr- Bridge World is you know what mobilizes the economy, and that gives the resources value, builds the you know DeFi infrastructure for them, and then ultimately it provides games, the other cartridges in our ecosystem, with a common economic framework uh, through which they. 
can integrate, interact, and then compete with one another. Um, but ultimately, you know, the the name of the game is that you know it's a strategic commerce, trade, and domination game, which sits at the center of the treasure um, ecosystem. It focuses on resource acquisition, and you know is, is very much fueled by social coordination, and then there are elements of geopolitics to it. So, uh, guilds and, and other games in the ecosystem acquire users users and resources. They create and forge items and consumables, and then deploy them strategically in contest um, over. Harvesters, which are a uh, upcoming uh, game mechanic, which we are baking in, um, which are ultimately magic staking farms with concentrated yields. Um, so there's a huge focus on you know that sort of social coordination and, and group dynamics. Uh, you know how communities operate and work against or with each other at the user, guild, and global level. Um, and so if I double click into each of those, you know, at the user level, there are ways for, um, you know, them to send out their NFTs, which we call them legions on quests. They can craft and create new um, items, consumables. Um, you know, they can summon and create, uh, you know, other uh, NFTs as well, uh, other sort of legions within that class. Um, at the guild level, they can coordinate and compete for emissions. And we're seeing a lot of cartridges actually come up that are coordinating together uh, to uh, as, as a way for them to accumulate magic and ultimately uh, send that into what we're calling the Atlas mine uh, to accumulate more. So ultimately, it, it does go back to that um, motto of like everyone is fighting for magic and it's this scarce and you know extremely valuable uh, resource that everybody wants um, you know if I click into the global level uh, sort of dynamics you know the aggregate staking of magic in the mine really powers up bridge world you know magic is is what ultimately powers you know all things that treasure and you know, if uh, there isn't enough of it um, being staked, it, you know, freezes time in, in the game. And so this can lead to uh, really interesting dynamics that we can kind of play out and, um, you know, touches on a lot of what John had mentioned. Um, and and so, you know, I think counter, counterbalancing all of this stuff, um, you know, it, it may seem like it is, uh, you know, a lot to sort of digest, but I think it's it's ultimately, um, you know, kind of, kind of bringing everything together, um, you know, and, and sort of this model of, of complexity uh, that, you know, I think wrapped into a, a game that fuels and, and powers everything. Mm. Yeah, and if I could just add on there, sorry, like, uh, yeah, that was, that's great. I completely agree with all that. And then in terms of like the, the larger vision, the longer term one, you know, if I would, I was speaking to a Web2 game developer who was interested in Web3. You know, Ethereum is, is going to one day be a multi-trillion dollar technology. And it actually started because of um, World of Warcraft when, or this is the joke at least, that um, Vitalik Buterin, who invented um, Ethereum, had his WoW weapon seized um, because it's on a centralized server. And he was so... Um, uh, frustrated with this, he built a world computer where your assets could not be seized um, because it was housed um, on a decentralized network. And so, you know, over time, like w- these NFTs right now, they've gone kind of parabolic, so to speak, and their prices are insane. But the real value of an NFT is just signaling um, things you're interested in it, um, letting a community um, tap certain people who've been very good stewards. So we'll see these things not as like, They'll become extremely popular, not as like tradable items, but just like demonstrating, um, yeah, just parts of a community. And I think game developers, when they see that that's the future of NFTs, will be like, 
oh, wow, this is a way we can deal with toxicity because we want to like give badges to users who act in pro-social ways. And then you can't just burn your account and go make a new one because if, if you, you lose all of those badges, which represent um, the contributions you've made um, to the metaverse. So that's like a good positive incentive to um, not be toxic. And then, you know, just pure developers, you have all this data on chain about what your users like, what they've also played in the past. Um, so from an advertising perspective, um, you want all of your users to be using um, blockchain gaming. Um, so that's kind of where I see Treasure um, going in the long term, is to be on the forefront of these um, non-tradable NFTs that help support the, the growth of the business. And do you see... So for the moment, all of the gaming happens on-chain, right? So you provide a thin client uh, that people access through the browser um, to interact with the game. How do you see, um, well, do you see any like off-chain games, like, like more Twitch-based games um, ever live within the treasure, treasure ecosystem? Um, yeah, we, we want to explore lots of ways that magic can kind of be distributed to um, new places, new revenue streams. And, and right now, so Bridge World will always be a tabletop game to some extent where it doesn't involve that many moves so to speak or transactions mm -hmm. so it can be on arbitrum but when we build like traditional games um which and we just entered into um, an agreement with strider dow um, andrew green um, mm -hmm. has worked in the video game industry um, for many years and is um, helping us along with some advisors we're building out a our first um game using the magic and treasures economy but so for things like that that require a lot of transactions it's not feasible to do it on even layer two. And we've seen on Polygon, for instance, Polygon has broken um, more than once um, because of um, a game. Um, the Stardew Valley clone, I, the name's escaping me right now, actually shut down um, Polygon. Mm -hmm. So these things need to move to um, like higher throughput chains and we want to do it on Cosmos where you can have um, the same security but you can have um, functionally um, zero transaction costs. Um, um, you know, and you can even literally do it where it's it, there's zero gas because if there's a level of yield built in yield earning built into user activity, then they can just be borrowing against um, their yield for gas. Um, so they actually they don't pay anything. I mean, there, there are kinds of like crazy things that you can do when you move to uh, move off layer one Ethereum, and we're mm. just exploring those now. Yes. Yeah, and 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 the um, you know I think that the universe of, of games that, that are being built out, um, you know, I think they they can really take any shape or, or form. You know, I think there's there's you know as uh, as long as there are sort of deep integrations with um, treasure and sort of the the model that we're building out, magic, um, the use of the the resources, which you know uh, ultimately kind of you know can be brought into to to their worlds. Um, you know, we're we're very much open to anyone kind of coming to the table. Um, if I double click on on Strider, uh, you know, I think this is really interesting for us because, you know, we're, we're teaming up with them and, and a former lead designer uh, from one of the world's leading MMORPGs. I can't say the name, um, but really, it's it's this goal of like building up a, a community first, kind of bottom up, triple A NFT uh, and Web three game studio. And you know, I think it's it's we're seeing more of this. Uh, you know, as as the space matures, um, you know, they're they're veterans of of the gaming industry. Um, you know, from from you know. 
uh, folks uh, like the audience that that would be listening here, uh, and and they've created you know a ton of incredible successes. Um, you know, I think they're they're coming from uh, places like EA, Rockstar Games, Square Enix. Uh, you know, they've had a hand in building games like Dead Space, GTA San Andreas, like Red Dead Redemption. So it's it's great to kind of have these uh, you know more and more of these incredibly talented people come to the table, um, and for us to kind of form that partnership with them. I mean, it's 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 a really uh, humbling and, and bullish sign for for us at, at Treasure, um, as you know, we work together to build you know what what we see as as the future of um, sort of the ecosystem. Um, you know, we're we're going to see more kind of AAA gaming experiences and really move away from I think uh, what has been the the, the meta for a, a long time, which is you know kind of the financialization of it. And and while really important, you know, what will keep people around, uh, you know, will will be the delight and you know the social kind of uh, dynamics of it is is what we see as uh, as as the future. That's really interesting. Um, before we talk about the incentivization of game builders, because I'm uh, I'm very very interested in that as well, um, I'd love to get your thoughts on shared resources within games. So, if I understand correctly, you have magic, you know, being used within each game. Um, is magic <clears throat> emitted within games? Can people like play a game and then earn magic? Um, and are there other resources that are also shared between games? Yeah, so that's the idea, is that magic is spread across many worlds, and then the DAO over time decides where to send it. So it's dynamically emitted. And then, okay. you know, it's it's a store of value token where, um, you know, gold is a store of value across lots of societies, but we each have native monies and even other um, things that kind of function like money. Um, so local worlds will also have those. And yeah, it's possible that there are treasures that are emitted in, in multiple metaverses. That's We would definitely like to explore that more. We're easing into this just because it just, the integrations, the more complicated they get. Um, if you miscalibrate, it's, um, it has pretty bad consequences. So we're starting slowly where magic just exists in bridge world. And then there's this, um, uh, game, not game. It's, it's an NFT project. Um, I founded called small brains. And so the small brains will be able to earn magic, um, in the next few months. And that that's like the first integration along with seed of life, which is another, um, core product for treasure that, um, yeah, we're slowly introducing magic to those worlds and then easing into deeper economic integrations. Yeah, and if I can quickly add to that, so we, we have a sort of an ecosystem integration framework, which, you know, does sort of outline steps and, you know, again, happy to go into this in, in more detail, but, um, you know, really for other game developers, uh, cartridges that, that are soon to be built, um, you know, for them to seek, um, you know, magic emissions and, and also treasure NFTs uh, to be uh, woven into their game mechanics. Um, so so that that's something that, you know, we're, we're beginning to, to lean into a, a lot more, um, you know. I think as really to, to grow the pie, right? And you know, I think it's it's that that's ultimately the the, the name of the game for us. Um, if I look back at Bridge World, and this is where I think you know the the role of our economists, you know, really plays uh, you know the, in, in a really important role um, is really to ensure there's balance uh, in in the world. Uh, and you know, I think one thing that we um, have discussed a lot, and you know, are are building towards is kind of a treasure 
major trade union of sorts, where you know we have a framework for allowing games to opt in and opt out of shared drop rates and common inflation rates for tiers of different items. Uh, and so this way, games can integrate items from one another, um, you know, for things like crafting recipes, and so you know there are guarantees over the inflation rates of of all these items. Um, and so that's it's a really interesting way for us to bring really everything into uh, the mix and you know goes really uh, into the the whole name behind bridge world you know ultimately being the world that bridges everything together mm. that's really interesting and so that trade union would be in charge of balancing everything then i guess Exactly, and, and and finding ways for us to incorporate, you know, not just you know the NFTs that we've created at Treasure, but also in in, in other uh, cartridges that that may come out as well. Mm. One idea that I've had because I've been thinking about um, what you you're building and and other projects are working on as well. Um, you know, building this shared economic layer with shared resources within different games. Um, and I don't, I don't know if you thought of this, I'd love to have your opinion on, on this, um, where you get games to bid on emissions of resources, um, using, using in, the, in your case, magic, maybe, where they pay magic to be able to emit another resource. resource. Is that something you, that crossed your mind? That's interesting. Yeah, it's a cool idea. Okay. To explore, anyway, um, you have been using the word cartridge a few times, and I, I know you're building the Nintendo, and Nintendo is a console. Could you explain a bit more, like what you mean by cartridge? Is is this like a thing? Is it an NFT, or is it just the the, the name you use for a game? Yeah, that 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 is more of a way uh, for us to kind of. Um, uh, I guess organize the collections and metaverses being put together. I'd, 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 you know, make that synonymous to 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 a metaverse, uh, but within kind of our context as as the console, um, you know, games or metaverses or cartridges like Bridge Worlds, like uh, Smalls, of which you know they may contain multiple collections and and you know different contracts that are associated to that. Okay, okay, I get that. Yeah. Um... Wow, yeah, this this was all, I mean, super interesting. I, I, I learned a lot. I'd like to have your thoughts on um, the difference between what you did with Treasure and, and what's happening with Loot. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm following Loot. There's stuff happening, um, but it doesn't seem to happen at the same pace as, as is being done with, with, um, with, with Treasure. Why do you think that is? Is that because there's um, loot in loot? There's there's no one actually leading this, um, and, and you guys have a core team that's actually pushing pushing this forward? Um, in my mind, there are a couple reasons. I just wanted to say I'm I'm a massive fan of Loot and will support um, the project however I can. I think Dom, um, who invented it, has invented something that, you know, I mean, the, the idea itself is so incredibly powerful. It When I first heard it and, like, really understood it, it was as powerful as when I first really understood what Ethereum is. But it, but you can also go up to someone who knows nothing about crypto or NFTs and just explain basically what loot is. And everyone I've done this to, like family members, they're like, "Oh, that's interesting." You know, people just get it immediately, which is, a, I mean, that's a rare invention. And um, so, but the problem I think it was it was missing one thing, which is the social coordination tool. So we kind of think of treasure as it's almost like a community maintained myth, and there has to be a way for the community to agree on what actually exists in this world and how it changes. And so magic is the token that can be used to 
basically signal what Treasure believes is part of its metaverse, or like how the story is changing. Or, and Loot doesn't have that. Um, there is no way for the community to agree on what actually is part of Loot. And, um, you know, Vitalik, when he was talking about it, said, oh, this is like a, a blockchain because anyone can just build on top of it. But blockchains actually subsidize what is the, um, the truth. Or, you know, and then, and then they punish people for, um, but anywho, that it has a positive incentive in the form of the block reward. And that's what metaverses need. And that's what magic does. It allows treasure to continue um, supporting the development of the metaverse by um, distributing the native token to people who are actually building it. And uh, the other second problem was that, you know, we are a community made project. Corel, who's now our um, COO, uh, so to speak, so to speak, there's, you know, in, in Web3, the job titles are a little looser, mm-hmm. um, but he came in as a community member first. He built Treasure Tools. And uh, my co-founder, um, Garp, also started as a community member, our um, product lead for Bridgeworld. Um, nearly everyone, um, I just cold approached us to work on the project. And I, I attribute that to, you know, Dom Hoffman, who founded Loot, also founded um, Vine, I think it was, or maybe mm-hmm. it was Twitch. Yeah, it was Vine. Vine yeah. yeah, so he's, he's kind of a pseudo-celebrity. And um, that makes a bottom-up culture kind of problematic when the person at the very, you know, the person who founded the thing is already pretty famous. So who wants to disagree with him? I, I kind of empathize with that situation he probably found himself in um, when he, he seemed to be backing away at times so the community could step forward. But then it's like there's, you know, they already trusted what he was going to say is what should be done so then nothing gets done. I, I don't know. I, I kind of observed that happening and then felt grateful for being an unknown builder myself that was trying to build this project because it allowed the community to really step to the forefront a lot sooner than is happening with loot. Mm-hmm. Um, Garel, when you and I spoke a few days ago, um, you told me that you previously worked um, in a lot of you know fast-paced environments in the Web two world, um, and now you're working you know in a decentralized way within Web three, part of a DAO. Um, you probably know don't know the faces and full names of half of the people you work with on a daily basis. Um, what are kind of the the takeaways you, you brought with you and um, what are some of the key differences between working in, in, in Web 2 and Web 3 when it comes to building games? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, we, we, we at Treasure, we've been uh, doing our best, actually, to uh, try and turn on video at the very mm-hmm. least uh, so we can see our, our, our faces. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's, it's, it's been an interesting journey for, for me personally, and I think for, for a lot of people coming from Web 2. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of learning and unlearning of uh, habits that, that might have stuck around then. And, um, you know, I think, you know, c- coming from a world where, you know, there's a lot more process, uh, a lot lot more, I'd say, kind of structure uh, and, you know, leaning into kind of more of that bottom up community first uh, sort of ethos that, that we hold at, at Treasure and where we all sort of started from and, and where I personally got into uh, Treasure, um, you know, I think has has uh, has has been pretty incredible. Um, I mean, it, it kind of brings to light um, the ability for us to empower um, people who are not, you know, quote unquote, officially part of the core team, if you will, um, to, you know, uh, get up there and, you know, just start building 
building and find ways to contribute. And because you know we ultimately all have a stake in it, especially if you own Magic or an NFT. And I think that's that's a one big thing. Um, you know, you, you don't feel the same level of uh, incentivization if you are you know a, a shareholder. You know, if if you own the stock of uh, of, of of Tesla or, or something like that. Uh, you know, I think there's 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 that sort of incentive model to contribute um, contributing, which which is is lacking, which we have uh, in in Web three. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's it's bringing a lot of you know the the operations, the the, the scaling, at least uh, for for me and, and and my role into into this. Um, you know, I think a lot of NFT and and uh, you know Web three projects right now, um, especially in kind of the 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 gaming space. Uh, you know, I think there's you know we have a, a big team of developers, um, but eventually you know you uh, if if you kind of make it, you celebrate a ton of success, uh, and you know ultimately you find a you know find yourself in a place where you know if to reach that next level and you find yourself with a, a ton more funding uh, you really have to grow sustainably and in a way that um, you know helps set you up for for the long term so um, I mean we've I've been here uh, formally full-time for I think since the end of March um, and you know even since then I think we've brought in uh, 10 15 people onto kind of the core team and and so there's just that um, mode of of you know, building and shipping, which you know we uh, and and you know, I think projects should never lose. But at the same time, you have to uh, inject some of that um, rigor of uh, you know having good processes, having you know uh, sort of accountability, and being able to build cohesively as you know a unit uh, to to got, try and get things done. And, and that's happening kind of at the core level. But then adding this other layer on top of it, where we also want to work uh, very closely and kind of shoulder to shoulder with the community uh, and and that's a dynamic that you know I think uh, needs to be proven out um, and you know is is uh, completely different uh, from from web 2 when talking about the community um, as I said I'm, I'm impressed with with how many people have, have talked to me about treasure and and how many people have like randomly like shared what what's happened in the past 24 hours in the, in the treasure verse um, you know, these are strong signals for me what do you think have you done have you done right um with building this community well i think um being an unknown builder and being older than most crypto participants i mean i'm probably i'm in my late 30s i'm probably 15 years older than a lot of people trading our nfts so i've failed a lot in my life and um yeah that brings with it a little more humility where you're willing to listen to people you have more self-awareness about your limitations. So when I co-founded the project, um, I knew where my blind spots were. And then people were coming in that were far more talented than me, and I was happy to get out of their way. And no one knew who I was anyway, so it wasn't like um, they were fighting to keep me at the, you know, at the forefront. And that really makes um, all the difference. And um, we brought in, I mean, it was a stroke of luck that people like Corel and my co-founder Garp, who... Um, is sort of a DeFi wizard, and um, we've brought in artists who, you know, uh, the animator for Small Brains was doing um, commercials for the World Cup before this, and they, he found he was just passionate about what we were doing, and then that, that was all just luck that the community came in. Um, but we're all just very passionate and fired up about this. I mean, I personally think that these NFTs, like we've kind of just entered into a second renaissance, where we're building a a new version of the internet where everything will be anchored through um, 
Web3. All of our identities, um, that we'll, we'll have such attachment to um, the badges and the non-tradable NFTs that represent our accomplishments and our connections that eventually Web2 will just be completely reconstructed where um, you know you have these brands that are absorbing all the kinds of industry rather than industries popping up and then inventing brands to sell their things. It'll just be a total inversion of everything um, that we've known before, like how brands are formed, how industries are um, built. And um, yeah, I, I have that passion. Most of the team does as well. And I think that that kind of is, can make an electric um, environment for other people to come into. Really fascinating and um, it's useful and, and makes a lot of sense. People want to, if people want to learn more and perhaps, you know, join the community where, where they can, can they find, find you guys? Yeah. So, so I'm personally on, uh, on Twitter at, uh, zero X Corel. Um, I mean, our, uh, treasure, um, account there as well as treasure underscore Dell. Um, you know, we have a thriving discord. Um, I think we have 40, uh, uh, I think no 30 K members there, um, which is, is kind of growing over time. That's discord.gg at treasure Dell, uh, one word. Um, so, you know, you can find, and, uh, all of us there, the entire team, um, you know, we have, uh, really engaged community members and, and mods who step in and, and help out and uh, you know anyone who wants to come in and, and get situated we can definitely help you out um, and I think the the other big part is you know we have um, you know just contributors who have built uh, incredible resources um, around education for all of you know the treasure verse as a whole but also you know for each and, and every one of the individual games as, as, as well so uh, it's it's you know there's really good starting points uh, I will call out um, you know one one community initiative called Magis. Uh, they're kind of a educational sort of institute that they're forming, uh, and you know they've um, you know created this website called StartWithMagic.com, um, which I think is a really good primer uh, for folks coming in. Hmm. If you, after s seven months after you started the project, have people building education websites around the project that you've built, um, you've done something right. So um, I can only. You know, commend you guys for that. Where can people find you, John? I'm on Twitter also, uh, J Patton, P A T T E N underscore. Um, but yeah, just to echo uh, what you just said, Nico, I mean, uh, Battlefly, which is one of the games building on top of Treasure, I think they closed like a $12 million deal last month. And seeing that was just kind of one of those like out of body moments for me that, you know, these people building on top of us were doing these enormous raises. I, I still can't believe it. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. All right. Well, um, I, for one, am very excited about what you guys are uh, building and, and where the the whole treasure ecosystem ends up. And 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 yeah, if if the vision that you have will come true, because um, there's never never certainty around that, of course. Um, but I mean, you've done a lot of things right, and you've achieved a lot of, in in a short time. So I'm <clears throat> very excited to see where where this goes. Um, so yeah, Kirill and John, thank you so much for joining. This was this was a great talk and on the edge of weird, which people usually expect when they look at this and don't see any faces and they see avatars. So um, I guess that was expected. Um, so yeah, with that, I think um, just thanking you for being here and then listener, you, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, feel free to give us stars wherever you listen, if you can, or a thumbs up. Um, yeah, if you want to talk about this more, please join our Discord. And um, yeah, with that... The Metacast is out and we look forward to speaking to you in the next episode. Cheers. <laughs>